Hi guys. So this week we're starting our new series, God Loves Newmarket, looking at how we can show God's love to our local community. Now, what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks is we're going to be looking at a structure of five love languages. This is is a concept and a book that was written by a guy called Gary Chapman quite a few years back now. The the basic idea is that different people communicate love almost through different languages. The languages that he identifies are acts of service, words of affirmation, giving or receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Chris here is particularly good at expressing his love through acts of service, doing little things like this, bringing me a cup of tea. You know, it's something I could very easily do for myself, but he expresses his love to me by doing that act of service for me. Now I do hear love in that way, but the easiest way that I hear love communicated to me is through gifts, which is what Kezia's doing here. She's brought me something that I really didn't need. But actually, says to me that she was thinking of me and thought enough of me to give me that gift. Thank you, Kezia. That's really generous of you. It's so thoughtful of you to have thought to do that for me. I've just communicated love to Kezia using words of affirmation by telling her something that I really appreciate about her. Of course, the love language that I haven't mentioned yet is physical touch. Which is Chris's favourite love language, so it's really important that I make a note of trying to express my love to him by just reaching out and giving him a little touch or a pat on the head now and then because it makes him feel so loved. The last one is quality time, and that actually is one of Jaden's main love languages, and it, that's what we're doing here as a family: spending time together without distractions, without wanting to rush away, to do something that we all enjoy. That's quality time. Now, the idea with these love languages is that people hear love more easily through their preferred language, and so. If you spend all your time expressing love to someone through the language that they don't easily hear it in, they don't feel as loved as they might. Now, here's the thing I was thinking about: God loves Newmarket, but not everyone realizes that God loves them. Not everyone hears God's love. So, what if we can help them to hear God's love for them, to know God's love for them, by communicating God's love through their natural love language? That's what we're going to be exploring over the next few weeks. So, we've got five weeks of this series. Each week, we'll look at a different love language. We're going to talk a little bit about what that love language is. We're going to look at how God uses that love language. And then we're going to explore some challenges <clears throat> for how we can express God's love to our community using that love language. So right now we're going to focus on our quality time together as a family. While we're doing that, why don't you listen to this week's reading, which is Psalm 145? I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name for ever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name for ever and ever. 
Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendour of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who have bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. So the love language we're focusing on this week is acts of service. Those things that people do for us that we, we perhaps could do ourselves, but they choose to do that, to meet that need for us, to say to us, you matter, I care for you, I want to look after you, I'm going to do this thing for you. And so having read this psalm, we're reflecting on how does God show his love for us through acts of service, through, through the things that he does for us. And as I ponder that, I'm mindful of those who are in lockdown on their own right now, who perhaps don't have other people in their household to do those little things for them. You know, how much difference does it make in your day-to-day -day life just to have somebody else bring you a cup of tea or to, to come back from the shopping trip to find that somebody else has hung out the washing for you. Those little things make a big difference. But if you're on your own during this time, you don't have anybody else to do that for you. And so your motivation to keep going has to all come from you. You have to do it all yourself. How much in that situation do we need God's love and encouragement? And I wonder if that can perhaps relate to what we read in verse 14, which says, The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. You know, if you're falling, 
that's because you can't keep yourself up. If you're bowed down, that's because there's something in you that just can't lift yourself up. And so actually in that situation, that's exactly when we need God to come in and hold us up, to set us back on our feet again, to say, come on, I'm helping you. I will serve you in this way and get you going again. And it says that that's what God does for us. He upholds all who are falling and raises all who are bowed down. We might not always see that when we want to, though. And so I want us to take a moment to think about the seasons in which God serves us. Let's look at verse 15, which says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. So food is perhaps one of our most basic needs, and we've got this idea here that as we look to God, he gives us our food in due season. I wonder how real that sense is to us of God being the provider of our food in, in this day and age where actually we're, we're very much about um, earning our money, being able to pay for things for ourselves and, and looking at ourselves as our own providers. I, I remember when I was little, I, I had this little book um, that was called Thank You God for a Loaf of Bread. And, and it went through this story of this little boy who um, said to his mum, thank you for my loaf of bread, mummy. And she says, oh, don't thank me. Thank the man in the shop that I bought it from. And so the little boy trots off to the shop and he says to the shopkeeper, thank you for my loaf of bread. And the shopkeeper says, oh, don't thank me. You need to thank the baker who baked the loaf of bread. And off he trots to the baker and, and so on. And it, they, they lead him further and further until ultimately... He thanks the farmer and the farmer says, no, don't thank me. Thank God who provided the rain, who provided the sunshine to grow the wheat. It was a bit twee maybe, but I think it made a valid point that actually, you know, in today's society, we are perhaps less aware of the fact that our food ultimately is provided from the earth that is ultimately provided from God. And I wonder if in that disconnect, we've also got a bit of disconnect from that natural season that we see through the year of God's provision, the natural seasons of plenty and the natural seasons of having less. The, this game that I've just been playing with the family is, is actually based on the idea of trying to build up resources through the year so that when you hit winter, you've got enough to survive. You, you have to try and collect these different resources and there's a real sense in the game that at, at the beginning of the year you don't have very much to work with but as the year goes on you have to build up and save so that when you get to that final season the harvest season you actually suddenly find that you've built up enough resources already to be able to gather plenty to see you through the winter and I think maybe that's something that we need to recognize in our lives that God will bless us with all that we need, but it goes in seasons and there will be seasons when God blesses us abundantly with more than we could ever imagine. But there will also be seasons where we may be struggling to have enough to get by and where God expects us to have stewarded what we've got carefully to ensure that we do have enough. 
But what we need to remember is that cycle of seasons, that when you go through that season of not having much, there is still that hope of the season to come where there will be the harvest, where there will be plenty to receive. I think perhaps the bit of this psalm that speaks most strongly to me, though, is in verse 16, where it says, You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. You know, we go through these dry seasons where, where we're looking to God for something that we need. We're looking to God to bless us with his provision. And all that needs to happen is for him to open his hand to us. That means that he's already got what we need held in his hand. He's got it there. All he has to do is open his hand to release it to us. Everything that we need to satisfy every desire is there in his hands waiting to be released to us. And we can trust him to release those things to us in season when the time is right. Because it then goes on to say in verse 17, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all his works. He is faithful to us. He is righteous. He's not going to hold back the things that he need. He will open his hand to us in the right season. But the thing is, when we're in a dry season, when we've still got those desires, when when we are perhaps in that place of, of feeling like we're falling and we need picking up, it can be really hard to have that faith, to have that confidence that yes, he does hold the answers to our prayers. Yes, he is ready to provide and ready to bless and he will open his hand. And that's where the earlier part of the psalm speaks to us. Where in ver from verse 4 it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendour of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. When we're in a dry season, we need the encouragement of hearing from others of God's goodness. To know that actually, maybe he can be good to me too. Maybe if he loves that person, if he's gone to do those things for that person, maybe he loves me enough, maybe he will do that for me too. And that's where sharing with each other what God has done in our lives is so valuable. And so that's part of what we're going to do in this series. Each week, we want to share with you stories from other people of how God has expressed his love to them in each love language. And so right now, we're going to hear from someone else. Hi, Bumi. Hi, Claire. How are you doing? Great to see you. I'm good, thank yeah. you. You? I'm all right. Excellent. All right. All right's good enough for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've just been talking in the sermon, Bumi, about um, different love languages and focusing this week particularly on how God expresses his love to us through acts of service, by, by the things that he does for us, by showing us that we matter to him. Um, 
So I just wondered if you could share with us a little bit of your story about how God has shown you his love and, and shown you how much you matter to him. Um, what I can think of is um, before I had, before I got married, I didn't like children. I hit, <laughs> I didn't like children. I thought it was just, I didn't like them at all. You realise you have just shared that with the entire church and anyone else who's tuning in this morning. <laughs> it might change. So <laughs> I didn't like the sight of them because I thought they were not very dismount. So I avoided <laughs> them. <laughs> so, so having children wasn't part of my um, future plans at all. So yeah. I just wanted to be a career woman and just get on with it. Yeah. But when my when I met my husband, his mom thought otherwise. She thought, "Oh, you, children are good. Yeah, I should have a okay." So when Lula and I got serious and get got married, next thing we wanted to have children. Right. And um, probably I wasn't prepared for it. I still didn't want it. Yeah. So we had a couple of miscarriages, really horrible miscarriages, and yeah. all. Yeah. So the last one, after the last miscarriage, I realized that I really, really wanted a child. So when the next pregnancy came, when Shola came around, I really wanted Shola. I really wanted her now. And after I had Shola, all the things I had about children, being hating children, everything, I realized I could love a child. Yeah. That, that was a turning point in my life because I realized all the miscarriages was that I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And it was just a turning point in my life that it got waited for the right time to give me yes. that child. Yeah. Because then I was ready to give up anything and everything just to be with that child. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, and right now, just to be with any baby at the moment right now, because I actually love the fact that they smell nice. <laughs> So you've changed your mind about how they smell. Yeah, I have. I have. Because, because I didn't know that being a mom is not just going through pregnancy. It makes you love like you've never loved before. And that's how God loves you. God loves us. Wow. Yeah. It's just unconditional. It's just so different. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's a real sense of hearing then that actually in terms of, of God providing you, of, of blessing you with a child, there was there was a, a journey that you needed to go on that God knew about. Yes. You to be ready for that and to yes. really understand what it was to, to have a child and to be a mother. I really wanted it. got to the point that I really wanted it. It wasn't like have, you know, when you just give someone the gift, like, oh, thank you. But when yeah. you really crave for that gift, I need, I want this. I got yeah. to that point. That I wanted, I begged for it. And so how, how did that then make you feel about God's love for you when, when you were blessed with a child? It wasn't, I don't know, I don't know how to express it. It was just, um, I actually thought that you actually really loved me. Yeah. Because um, I've gone through, I went through the most traumatic um, miscarriages. Yeah, yeah. And it got to a point where I thought, where are you? Where are you, God, in all this? Yeah. Do you not even care that I'm going through all this? Do you not even 
think about me. What are your thoughts yeah, about yeah. me? I went, I was very low. I went to very, to that very low point. And yeah. But I kept going on because I met this Christian couple that kept, don't worry, you will get there. You will yeah, get yeah. there at the right time, at the right time. And I didn't understand. So you it. had people encouraging you in yes, having faith that God would. would you would do it. It's yeah. just the time. It's that time you need to. So when I had the baby, it was just the perfect time because we were both ready. Yes. To be yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing us that with us, Bumi. That's really encouraging to hear of how, yeah, of how God did stick it out and at the right time. He provided you with a child. He blessed you with a child and showed his love to you in that way. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bumi, for sharing your story with us. So there's just one last thing for us to consider now as we reflect on all this. God loves Newmarket. How can we show the people around us in our community God's love for them through that language of acts of service. Many of you are familiar with our Make Lunch project, which seeks to bless families who would usually receive free school meals during term time with a hot meal during the school holidays. And we've just got a short video to share with you how that project has changed and grown and expanded massively during this time. Maybe you can support the Make Lunch Project in some way, whether that's through volunteering or whether that's through donating small gifts like Play-Doh or colouring pencils or bubbles, things that you think would just be an extra little blessing to those children who we're serving with the food parcels. Maybe there's other ways that you can express God's love to your neighbours, to your local community through acts of service during this season. But let's turn our hearts to God now, because it's his love that we're wanting to express. Father God, thank you for your service towards us, that you provide for all our needs, that you bless us with everything in season. Lord, help us in turn to pass on that blessing, to pass on that service, to pass on that love to those around us, that each and every person may know your love for them. In Jesus' name, Amen. I look forward to hearing from some of you about how you've expressed God's love to people around you in in the coming weeks. But let's finish our time together this morning by worshipping the God who loves us.